This episode is brought to you by The Island by Adrian McKinty, the international best-selling author of The Chain. So how far would you really go to protect your family? What would you really be capable of if your family was threatened? This mother and father are about to find out. Propulsive, terrifying, and blade sharp. The Island is the next thrilling adventure from the mastermind behind the award-winning global sensation The Chain and a family story unlike any you've ever read. The Island will be released in Australia on the 24th of May, so pre-order today. I read this book in two days. It's compelling, page-turning, and character-driven, and it's definitely one of my favorite reads this year. But be warned, once you start this book, you will not be able to put it down. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. You talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm Uh. feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another Words and Nerds podcast episode where we bring you literary goodness wherever you are. Today I have two special guests, Meredith Costain and Louise Park. Meredith is an award-winning children's author whose books include the very successful series such as The Ella Diaries and Olivia's Secret Scribbles. Louise Park, also known as H.I. Larry, Mac Park and Poppy Rose, is a children's author whose titles include The Grace Miss Boy vs. Beast and Bella Dancerella. Welcome to these two powerhouses on the podcast today. Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you for having us on the podcast. Yes, Danny, thank you. It's lovely to be here with you. It is. It is. Yes, it is. And usually I meet people um you know after I've met them virtually so I'll see people virtually and then I'll meet them but with both of you it happened the other way around Meredith I met you at Ford Street when we were doing the John Larkin um, book launch at in Melbourne and um then I saw both of you again at Somerset which was just the most glorious experience was it not incredible yeah, just awesome. <laughs> it was wonderful, wasn't it? Just the greatest vibe ever. So it's so lovely um, to see you again. Um, so both of you have such a huge body of work. I need to know what keeps you going. Meredith, tell me about this. What keeps you going to be able to just write all these amazing books and series? Um, the short answer would be deadlines. <laughs> but um, I don't know, it's just... You know, people say, oh, why do you write? Is it a compulsion? Whatever. It's just something I've always done. I really enjoy it. I feel good when I'm writing something. If I'm walking along, I get ideas all the time and wonder what I can do with them, even if it's in the middle of an aqua aerobics class or something, you know, <laughs> and I can't, I can't <laughs> physically write down the idea, so I just stand there going, <laughs> and then... Sorry, you can't see the one-armed action. <laughs> <laughs> she's but, um, pretending she's underwater. I forgot yeah. this was just audio. Yeah, and it's just something I've done all my life since I was six, I guess. 
just always been writing stories. Mm. So um, just kept up with it. My arm's getting a bit tired now from writing for <laughs> long, but, you know. <laughs> I love that. What can you do? It's right. And you're saying, you know, you some you come up with ideas everywhere, including aqua aerobics. Do you find that there's a part of you that's constantly distracted by new ideas? Uh, distracted is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good word. I, I get into trouble quite often when I'm having conversations with friends because they're telling me a very riveting story and I'm looking over at someone who's sitting on the <laughs> room to see what they're doing and I think oh, oh, oh that's so rude <laughs> um, I love that. but yes yeah yeah it's a sort of a split brain thing mm. I don't know it's like this stuff going on all the time eavesdropping on conversations can be fun especially on public transport now we're all getting back on public transport <laughs> in the changing room at Myers <laughs> at Somerset or at Ford Street when we're doing yes, a book yes, launch yes, Meredith yes actually I spent um you may notice I have uh, this weird thing on at the moment. I spent last Saturday in an emergency room. Oh, what happened to you? A few hours. Ah, long story. Okay. <laughs> well, you're in a sling for listeners. She's yes, I am. Yeah, sling yeah. with an yeah. injured right. arm. Is it an yeah. injured arm, wrist? Right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Oh, the, the funny, the funny, mm-hmm. bun, the funny bone. The oh, but it wasn't and, very funny. But it meant that I spent hours listening into other people's conversations. Oh, wow. And I just kept thinking. New short story, new short story. <laughs> something. Honestly, some of the things these people were coming up with. You're making me paranoid, Meredith, about what were you listening to when I, was, I met you twice? <laughs> sitting quietly in the corner. And oh, the, I wasn't sitting quietly. Someone was going on about the way that she'd broken her foot was because she'd been by on a dating app and she was giving him a piggyback and then she decided she'd run with him through sand on a beach. I mean, you know. How could you not remember that? How could you not remember that? Just for listeners, that was not my story that Meredith ever heard. That's someone else's. I'll never see that person again. Louise, you have an incredible body of work as well. Tell me, what keeps you going? Probably my nocturnal habits, I think, because when I should be sleeping, my characters are very busily talking to me and just keeping me Awake at night, it's bizarre. You know, when I go into schools, kids always say, where do you get your ideas from? And they're either happening while I'm, I think I'm not, I'm sort of asleep, but there's a little bit of brain, you know, I'm I'm not completely awake, but something's going on. And I just have lots and lots and lots of ideas there. I it sounds weird, but my characters talk to me in my dreams. They really not at do. all. Doesn't nothing is weird here, Louise, with the creatives. <laughs> Every anything goes. <laughs> and my the my other great ideas come to me when I'm washing my hair in the shower. And I just oh. double over laughing at that, but I cannot tell you how many lightning bolt ideas I have had in the shower. You know, that's a common thing. I read that about creativity and sometimes when you're trying to force it, you know, sometimes it comes, but they reckon in the shower, particularly the shower for some reason, your brain switches off and it just allows all those other creative ideas to sort of download into your brain. It's really interesting. It's got something to do with alpha and beta rays, apparently, and the, alpha, and the alpha rays take a back seat when you're um, on autopilot like that in the shower or, you know, when you're almost in that zone where you've kind of dozed off but you're not in the deep sleep, that kind of thing. Oh, so that makes sense for you in, you know, your nocturnal state. That makes sense for you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of uh, 
like it doesn't leave me alone. I've just got to do something with it. I've got to do something with it. I've got to do something with it. I'm like that. So active. And then when I get an idea in my head, I'm like, oh, I've got to make this book quick, quick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems to be working. Whatever you're doing seems to be working. And Meredith, your series titles have been so incredibly successful. What do you think has been resonating with young readers? Uh, um, okay, I think I've thought a little bit about this because I do often get emails from kids because they sell around the world. I get emails from, from girls and they all often say, how do you, this is me, how do, how do you know about wow. my um, And I think it's just because... I write about real stuff in the playground. I could call it playground politics or something. Oh, I like it. So, so it's that sort of thing of, you know, making friends. Am I going to fit in? Um, how how can what will I do if if I have an argument with my best friend and we don't talk to each other for a whole day? And then the next day, you know, we're all happy together again and just solving those little problems. But I think the important thing is that. The kids solve them themselves. Mm. They don't go up to the teacher and the teacher solves it for them. Um, loyalty to me is one of the most important traits or whatever you want to call it for kids to have and I try to bring that through. So even if, um, you know, I mean I've got, Ella has a nemesis <laughs> to keep the, the problems happening, but even there I tried, I did one whole book based on why her nemesis Peach perhaps is the way she is so that you get a different view into that. So sticking up for your friends, um, being kind if you can, looking after each other, stuff like that. But I also I just think perhaps it's problems that other kids have and it's perhaps they think I'm not the only one like this. Yeah. This, is, this is It's not just me. Other people are like this too and maybe maybe I can try and say to my friend, oh, look, you know, he's this little poem I write. I know it's really stupid. And then they can fall on each other and jump up and down like, you know, little girls do. And then... mm-hmm. No, I like <laughs> that. It's very cute. Like that. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I was surprised actually. Oh, really? Um, I like that though because, you know, there's, there's a place for fantasy and there's a place for all those things. But I often think just coming back, to the to the small things, the real things, the playground politics, as you call it. I mean, that's not only entertaining, but it's really important for kids to be able to read that. You know, oh, this is happening to other people as well. Yeah, I hope so. I, I know that I do spend if, when I do go into schools and do writing workshops. I do just sort of listen in to what kids are talking about, or I just have a chat to them and ask, you know, what what do you like doing and mm. and 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 what 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 sort of stuff do you do and and you and, and to keep it like that. And I do remember a, a principal coming up to me one day at a school and with a book for his daughter. And he said, I read this book to my <laughs> daughter all the time. And he said, it's just like being in the playground. I was like, I don't know, you know, I think because I didn't get past 10 or 11 myself. <laughs> Child but, yeah, just being aware, I guess. Who wants to adult? It's too hard. I know, I know. No, no, I can't adult. <laughs> I slip into it occasionally, but it's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> I know, all that responsibility. <laughs> Eloise, what I love about you, you're a woman of many names and aliases. I love this. Tell me about this. I mean, you write specific series that are targeted to different types of kids. Tell me about all these 
aliases and mysterious woman that you are? I just have an identity crisis, really, <laughs> don't you reckon? <laughs> I think it's just bad on and any given day, I can't say today. It's like James Bond, you know. I feel like you're a James Bond character. Oh my goodness! Why is Ivana on a top jumping in my head? <laughs> That's a great question. Oh man, he was—he was so good in his day, and he's so inappropriate now, isn't he? <laughs> well, my pseudonyms—my pseudonyms all began. When I was working with Susanna McFarlane at Hardy Grand Equine, mm-hmm. and I was, uh, I need to tell you that um, H.I. Larry, which is the pseudonym that all the Zach Powell books are written under, is a pseudonym that actually belongs to Hardy Grand Egmont. And there's a team of us who write under that pseudonym. Okay. So I've written about uh, 26 Zach Powell books, wow. um, and the others have written the rest, of which I think there's like about 80. Wow. I haven't. I haven't worked on Zach for a while now, but that, so that was where I started with HR Larry. And then I, um, as you know, James and I were having this conversation, or you might've gone to dinner actually, but I was at Scholastic um, and I was the education publisher there. Mm -hmm. And I left that job and Susanna was the managing director at Hardy Grand Egmont in Australia at the time. And she left that job. And we decided to join forces because we'd had so much fun doing H.I. Larry and Zach Power. So we became Mac Park, which, of course, is Susanna McFarlane and Louise Park. Oh, I love that. Yeah, my kids did too. They told me I sounded like a burger from McDonald's. (laughs) Can I please have the Mac Park with extra pickles, please? (laughs) Supersize me, baby. Anyway, so I did become, yeah, I became Mac Park and we've got two very successful series together. Then I was approached by a publisher to do a series for girls and it was around the time, I mean, this, this, is, this is classic publishing, I think, particularly if you've been in mass market like I was at Scholastic, you, you end up, you've seen it all, anything goes. Anyway, it was around the time that uh, the Rainbow Magic books were really big and, you know, there's about 30 people who write those Rainbow Magic books. Mm-hmm under the name of Daisy Meadows. So they what a beautiful name. Daisy it's a Meadows. Beautiful name, isn't it? So you can you know exactly what's coming because when I did this little series, Bella Dancerella, they wanted me to have a name that was flowers. That sounded a little bit like Daisy Meadows. Park's so pretty close to nature, isn't it? Yeah, I became Poppy Rose, which um, has a little bit of um, personal significance. But anyway, after that one, I was like, that is it, because you, you've you seen us at a festival now and you know what it's like when you're signing. And there are times when I have signed the wrong, you know, often I'll, I'll write Louise Park, a.k.a. <laughs> Mac Park or H.R. Larry yeah. or... And I've gotten the H.I. Larry and the Mac Park mixed up. And once you've destroyed a child's book, you've destroyed a child's book. So I was like, no more names. I can't keep up with myself. I love that. That's great. But it's a, it's a really great story. And it's really interesting that, you know, sometimes a number of authors write a series. So I find that really interesting as well. So does it matter if the voices are a bit different? How, how do they make it a series with different writers or it just doesn't really matter? It depends on the series itself. Mm-hmm. So for Zach, that's that's the only one really where I've worked, apart from publishing ones where I've managed a whole pile of authors, um, 
that series, any, any series that I've worked on as well, I will have a very tight style guide that goes with the series. So uh, there, there, are, there are lots of rules that yeah. authors pertain to. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, so they kind of all stay on the same To page. maintain Pardon that consistency. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very interesting and I don't know what to call you. I might call you a combination of all. Actually, I like Matt Park because of the McDonald's reference. <laughs> <laughs> too, they crack up when I tell them that. I was, we thought it was so clever when we came up with Mac Park. And when I told my kids, I thought they were going to say, yeah, mum, that's really clever. And that was exactly what they said to me. I was like, hmm, bombed there. <laughs> what else do you expect from your children, really? Sounds 100% honesty. <laughs> 100% put you in your place, mum. Yes, just when you're feeling good about yourself, you know. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, oh, you know, guess how many plays my podcast got? And they went, oh, that's not like my favourite Minecraft YouTuber who has 10 million and I'm like oh cool thanks <laughs> yes we're never going to get an ego while we have children it's thank true. you so much for putting me back in my box appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> now, you both have experience in both writing and publishing and wide you know range of knowledge and I think that really informs your writing when you have knowledge of the publishing industry and how it works so Meredith how has both of those, you know, experiences and, and pieces of knowledge, how has that informed your writing? I think, I think it means that you see a lot of different styles and you're aware of a lot of different formats and genres and how they all work and what works in some and what doesn't. Uh, I do quite a lot of manuscript assessments for Ford Street. Um, my partner's Paul Collins, who is the publisher at Ford Street, and it's interesting just to see what comes in and how it comes in sometimes, mm -hmm. if it's following a trend or if it's a completely different sort of voice or, and it's the very unique voice is, the, is what you're after, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so just to, to see that, um, I, think, I think also it's, it's interesting to be able to keep up with, with the trends that are just happening worldwide. Mm -hmm with publishing, yep. how, what goes in and out of fashion. I mean, I can remember years ago going to Bologna and everyone was saying all the American publishers aren't doing picture books anymore because... <laughs> oh, oh, don't tell me that, Meredith. No, 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 this is usually... Shaking in the corner. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very much changed. I mean, there's yeah. so many picture books now. And so beautiful picture books, books. Beautiful. yeah. And Australia really holds their own in terms of yeah, fabulous writing and illustrating. Um, but I, I think it was something to do with, oh, the kids, you know, they shouldn't be wasting their time on picture books. They should oh. be great to reading. You know, it was, just, it was just what was happening in education yeah. at the time. And the way things, because um, I have an educational publishing background as well as mm -hmm. a trade publishing background, even just... Um, and I'm going way back now to the 90s, the way that reading was taught in schools mm -hmm. was very different from what's happening again now. And so yeah. that, um, that would sort of, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to keep up. But I think at the end of the day, you've got to write what you yeah, right. exactly. Because so, sometimes what's in trend now, oh, by the time yeah. you get it published, it's not going to be in trend then. Well, yeah, it was like two or three years later. Like when Twilight was very big, yeah. it was staged by. Yeah, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to wait because remember the Lost Boys, you know, you had the Lost Boys yes. vampires, then you had Anne Rice, and then you had, you know, that one. And then so you just got to wait for the next role of vampires. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, but I think I think if it's um, you know you've just got to forget it, forget about all of that when you're doing your own writing. Yeah, and just write yeah. what you want to write. Yeah, um, and authentically. Mm, and I that, like that. That's usually I think publishers when you go to conferences and there's always a publisher there and the question is and what what are you looking for <laughs> and they always say I don't know I, I, I can't tell you but I know it when I read not it. when you see it yeah and when you see it the fourth street are you looking particularly for things because I know when I'm doing I read the slosh pile for larrikin house and you know I've been doing manuscript assessments as well and I'm, I'm really we're really looking for on things that are on brand for larrikin house because larrikin yeah. house yeah. you know that yeah. I think the brand for larrikin house is really strong so mm. is there something and you are looking for the trends and the unique voices etc but I think for us brand is sort of at the forefront is there mm. something that you're looking for at Ford Street well written fresh voice oh <laughs> love it <laughs> yep. yeah because Nailed there's so it. many there's so many different things that come in and then um and then something will come in that will just knock your socks off yeah yeah no that's true isn't yeah. it yeah, I love yeah. That. and you don't know what it's going to be till you mm. till you read it and like yes this is what i've been <laughs> waiting for this is it this mm. is it you just know and you know it might need some work done or yeah. obviously i mean it's very rare that something that will come in that is absolutely totally ready to go even if it's just changing yeah <laughs> but you want that pro that process is great for everyone yes. you know yeah, i really yeah, like yeah. that shaping process yes yes and and it's great to work with an author too to bring out the best yeah absolutely because it's hard to know yourself mm. if what you if what's in your head is on the page sometimes yeah and then it becomes a, a collaborative process between you know creatives yes. which is there's no better better thing i reckon that's good <laughs> What about you, Louise? How has your knowledge and experience in publishing industry informed your writing? It's really funny that you're asking me this question tonight because I've agreed to go on a panel at the New South Wales Kids and YA Festival. Really? It's all about, yeah, it's all about authors who have a publishing background and how that informs or has, Ooh. you know, influenced them in any way, shape or form. And so they're now on this on the 25th of June. Yes. Uh, I'm going to yes. be there too. I'm doing um, the four o'clock session of um, pictures for Larrikin House. Oh, good. Oh, I'll see you there. We shall meet again. We shall <laughs> meet again. So for me, for me, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, I like the fact that I've been on both sides of the fence mm. and in that way, in that way, I think that I, I can understand where publishers are coming from. I can understand why they say the things they say, even though you may not want to hear it. I can, I can understand what they're getting at. Uh, I know what it's like to be an editor. I know what it's like to be a publisher. I know what it's like to, you know, dig and dig and dig to one manuscript that really stands out, head and shoulders above the rest. So on the flip side, as an author, I'm just constantly pushing myself to get in that space, I think. And I like sharing that with other authors. I really do. So I was really, I was really excited that I got asked to be on this panel because I think that's just one of the gifts that we can offer to other authors and creatives who are really trying to get contracts up or don't understand the relationship between a publisher and an editor and an author mm -hmm. and an illustrator and the sales team and yeah. Oh, and there's you know, so much the to scales it. Of, yeah. Yeah. And like I when I 
when I said yes to this for Belinda, I said I really want to do a business one because I spend a lot of time explaining to people the, the, the sales structures of, you know, what, what it's like to sell to scholastic book clubs and how the margins work and, and where the volumes are and what's a marketing exercise and what's yeah, not. That actually you sounds know. fascinating, the way. Yeah, yeah, I really want to do that. But she said, not this time. So I'm still <laughs> sitting on that idea. <laughs> Well, I'm going to come to your session on uh, the 25th of June and we will catch up. That sounds great. Oh, good, because I didn't want to bore you with all the things I'm going to say then. So <laughs> I had to keep some back. I think you, you meant to say surprise. You wanted to keep the surprise going. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, Meredith, what's the greatest advice you have been given as a writer? Ooh. Oh, by someone else? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think to answer this, I'm probably going to also say that I then pass on. Yeah, so go for it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think that the most important thing is to read and read widely and read in all sorts of different genres, maybe not even the ones that you're necessarily in love with because yep. how, how do you know? I think it's really important to see the different ways that words can fit together. Yeah. And that can be surprising as well. Um, I also think you need to be a good self-editor. Uh, in fact, I think that's very important. Yeah. Um, I have heard horror stories of people who submit something to a publisher and then the publisher says, oh, look, we really like this, but we'd just like to make it. No. <laughs> Oh, no, I know. No, 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 it's, you know, it's perfect the way it is. Oh. And, you know, if you don't think so, well, I'm pulling it back in the... Yeah. You know, um, I think you need to leave things to... Oh, see, now I'm not answering your question. No, that's okay. I like tangents. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Because okay. I don't know that, that um, if anybody necessarily said anything to me about giving me advice about it being an author so perhaps they did say these things and I've just internalized mm. I, I love I what you say about feedback though because I think it's so important because you know writing yes it's written by the one author but then it's such a collaborative process of you know who's going to edit it who's going to publish yes. it and then the cover and if it's going to be illustrated and all of those things and I, th I think it's really important that it is a collaborative experience because a lot of creatives work in the industry who have lots of knowledge who love you know, want to create beautiful books. And so I think listening to that yeah. is really important. And and what is it? I think holding your words loosely and knowing which hill to die on. You know? Oh, that's good. Well, that's a bit like there's a there's a magazine that comes out of Melbourne, an adult um, fiction magazine called Kill Your Darlings. Yes. I think is brilliant too because there's no point in getting all worked up and saying that was the most perfect paragraph. Well, that's right. And you know what? Um, if you just do that, you do end up, with the best work like with yes. my first picture book with larrikin house i didn't know what i was doing i was just grateful someone liked the story right yeah and then of course you know you knowing james Layton, he was like i hate that ending and i'm like okay i'll delete it then right. and <laughs> so i just deleted the ending yeah. and i didn't i just thought well if the publisher hates it <laughs> i guess it has to go Do you know what I, I, mean? think, I think the other thing that people need to remember is that 
people who work in publishing are there to make your work the best it can possibly yeah. be, not yeah. there to make you feel bad. Yeah, exactly. exactly. By 16 pages of tracking notes. <laughs> I know, this makes me think of um, a project that I was working on. I was packaging a, a, a big project for a big publishing house and uh, the publisher in question was fairly new to a job, but it had a very, a very well-established career. Mm-hmm. And the person who owned the property, who was, you know, the, we were both dealing with, was it was very difficult. There was no other, no other way to say it. And this publisher at one point was just beside herself. And I, 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 I remember distinctly sitting her down and saying, you are in the job, you are in because you are good at what you do and this person needs you whether they realise it or not. Mm-hmm. So keep doing what you're doing because the end product will be the best that it can be. Yeah. And that's what you want these people on your side. You don't want to get up their noses, you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. But isn't that what we all want, the best product? Yeah, you know, and had I what kept, we all want. Right. Had I kept my ending, it wouldn't have been good. Like I've got to say I did 19 different endings before we got the one we all liked. But, you know, it was kind of worth the process because, like, okay, I had to go all the way through here to get to here. But then when you, you have your book, you're like, okay, you know, the process was worth the pain, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, Louise, is that the best advice? Maybe not you were given, but you were giving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sorry for hijacking your question. I am going to answer your first question just because I feel like I should. <laughs> so, so, I think the best advice that I was given was very, very long time ago when I was fairly new in the business. And the person I was working with said to me, Kids are aspirational, they like to read up. So, mm-hmm. and I have stuck to that. Yep. all the way through my my characters are always a year or two older than my target mm-hmm. audience because they are they they do like to read up and they do like to see themselves as that that yep. person that's just that little bit ahead of them mm. uh, so I've, yeah I've hung on to that for a long time yeah it's really interesting I like that and also just um respecting your young reader you know respecting your young reader and, and their intelligence and their experience yeah, in the right world. down to them yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. I yeah. love that. Well, what a joy it's been to speak to you two. Like, just such a prolific career, both of you, and with such broad experience in both writing and publishing. It's just been a real joy to speak with you. And um, I'm so glad we'll get to catch up soon again in real life with both of you. Meredith, I'm going to hunt you down in Melbourne. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about the love. No, of the don't. And Louise's going to hunt you down in Sydney. So I've got plans. i got plans. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I can learn so much from you both with, um, you know, your body of work and your experiences in not only writing and publishing. So thank you so much for your time. Well, Tony, thanks very much for inviting us to come along. And I think I've learned a lot more from Louise listening to her as well tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Danny. I've really enjoyed it. And I loved hearing your questions and Meredith's responses and I really enjoy your podcast and I'm looking forward to seeing all of the wonderful output of your wonderful wonderful brain can't wait to read the books (laughs) that come rolling out of American House on your behalf I'm cheering you on thank you so much I really appreciate that